Second Peter chapter 1 and verses 5, 6, and 7. We're dealing with faith forward, taking your faith forward and adding to your faith. You added giving all diligence. The Bible says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And tonight, and to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity plus patience so there was a sign it said faithful dog for sale so this guy uh called up the owner for details he said hey i saw your offer for a good-natured dog i got a couple of questions and the guy said shoot is he good with kids very he's kind and gentle and has endless patience Yard dog or house dog? Well, he's house trained, but he loves the yard too. Okay, cool. Last, is he really faithful? And the owner said, oh yeah, very faithful. This is the fifth time I'm selling him. (laughs) We live in a world of now. Instant everything. You know, fast food is so easy to get now, you don't even have to get out of your bed to get fast food. You can do DoorDash or Grubhub and it comes straight to your doorbell that you don't have to answer because you can answer with your phone, right? Everything is easy. You can get stuff delivered by Amazon in some places that I understand by drone, same day. I mean, if you can't wait one day, Prime is too long, right? I want it now. We have instant Pop-Tarts. We have the uh, instant... uh, Hot and ready pizza. So I don't want you to, I don't want to wait 10, 20 minutes for a pizza. I, who doesn't love a hot and ready? You know, you go in, you have any hot and ready? Little Caesars, yep, and you just open it up. Say, well, Starbucks, I don't have three minutes for them to make my coffee. So you can order ahead, mobile order. And you can skip the line of cars on the outside and the line of people on the inside. And everyone's looking at you like, I hate you, right? Because you just walk in, it's all mine. It's, it's, it's right now. Well, sometimes life's not like now. Sometimes it's more like farming. You know, sometimes in our life it doesn't work out right like this and we have to add something or be very unhappy for a lot of our life. Like they got you your Amazon order and it was wrong. (laughs) Or they got you your food order and you're halfway home and it was wrong. Or the fries were cold. My wife and I are different. So I remember in Washington State, we were newlyweds, and I think the fries were cold, and I'm like, nah. And she's like, no, we're going back. And so that's the two different people that we have. I'll just eat cold fries. And she's like, no, we're getting hot fries. So the Bible says in James chapter 5 and verse 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman, the farmer, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it. You know, when you plant crops, you're not like, the only thing that comes up instantly is weeds, right? The crops take a while to come up. And that's long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. And patience is, is a real blessing. I hope I can speak, uh, and I have fun teaching the word of God, but I want to read this illustration, and I hope I can put into your heart that patience isn't a curse and when you go through something it's not necessarily a bad thing because God wants us to add patience to our lives it's a blessing if not God wouldn't have put it in his word for you and for me so there was a man named George Mueller 
M-U-L-L-E-R, but it's a little umlaut, which is the two dots on top of the U. That's why you say Mueller. So George Mueller, he was a German preacher. He worked in England and he uh, ran some orphanages, but this is something that he wrote about his prayers. So in November 1844, I began to pray for the conversion of five individuals. Have you ever prayed for someone before? Did they get saved right away? (laughs) He said, I prayed every day without a single intermission. So every day, whether sick or in health, on the land, on the sea, whatever the pressure of my engagements might be, 18 months elapsed before the first of the five was saved. Woo! 18 months. I thank God and prayed on for the others. Five years elapsed. The second was converted. I thank God for the second and prayed on for the other three. This is a true story. Day by day, I continued to pray for them and six years passed before the third was converted. What are we at? Over 10 years now? I thanked God for the three and went on praying for the other two. These two remained unconverted. He was also a pastor and ran these big orphanages by faith. Okay, he did a lot. Okay. 36 years later, he wrote that the other two Sons of one of his best friends were still not converted. Now, this man just has some patience, doesn't he? He wrote, but I hope in God I pray on and look for the answer. They are not converted yet, but they will be. In 1897, 52 years after he began to pray daily without interruption, For these two men, they were finally converted. That's a long time. And you know what's even greater? It was after George Mueller died that they were converted. He understood what Jesus said. Jesus said, chapter 18 of Luke and verse 1, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. What is God saying? Have you ever prayed for something for 52 years? (laughs) I haven't because I'm... 47, but 52 years, he had a made up mind and it was one by one. And I I remember I prayed for a car. What was it for about a a year? And I prayed and I prayed and I'd go on offer up and I went on Craigslist, right? I didn't go on Amazon Prime because I don't think they sell Subarus, but I was praying, I prayed and stuff just wouldn't work out. Eventually we went to Craigslist, not even offer up, but the Craigslist that looks like it has the DOS you know, from 1995 or something like that. It's the old, but man, it's what had the ad. So we're going to look at three things about patience and adding patience. Well, the first thing I'd like to do is if I could help, help us redefine, that's the word I would like you to, to look at patience to redefine patience. So preacher, you know, have you ever heard when one door closes, another one opens? You know what that means? When one door closes, another one opens, (laughs) you're probably in prison. (laughs) But patience, it comes from the Greek word huponeme, which means cheerful or hopeful endurance. Hello, Brother Patrick. 
Patience is cheerful or hopeful. Endurance. Now, isn't that interesting when we're, we're defining patience and what it is? It's not long-suffering. There is a story, and it's one of those uh, myths about Pandora's box. When it was opened, all of the evils were released into the world. But at the bottom, you know what was left? Hope. And you know, that's exactly what God leaves in our life. There's hope. And the Bible says, hope maketh not ashamed. For the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So that when we redefine patience, patience is not dealing with it. Patience is having a good attitude. Most of us would be like, I got tested for patience and it came back negative, right? But you know that God wants us to have, right? Right? You tell your kids to get dressed 15 times and you go up and they have not even started and the room looks off worse than it did when you asked them to get started, right? Patience. My wife and I, it's, it's a joke, kind of, but you know, our washer is, we've washed clothes the third time, same clothes, and it's given us an issue and it's like, Right before the church conference, they so, preacher, what are you doing? Just having fun with it. Why? Patience. So preacher, why don't you go kick it? You know, you can kick the washer. It's probably not going to help it. You could be angry. That's not going to help it. So preacher, but it doesn't fix your washer, but I know being angry won't fix it either. And I said, well, they're, they're work clothes. They just need to get washed a lot. So we're just going to re-rinse them, re-wash them, put some more bleach in, right? But you know, I said, preacher, yeah, just have fun with it. It's a choice. Well, that's what we get down to. So let's let's redivine patience. It's cheerful endurance. You know that Christians, and and sometimes you might not have ever known some people have gone through something. Why? Because they don't walk around with a long face. Like you see that horse. It's a why the long face, right? You say if if you took Brother Patrick's mask off, he'd probably have a smile. And that brother wears a smile. It's like you have a preacher. He doesn't face anything. Uh, We won't even go there, right? But uh, (laughs) he's a businessman, he's a father, he's a husband. He probably faces some things, as we all do, but you don't have to live there. The Bible said we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. It doesn't say that it takes time off between church services. Man, I need some Nehemiah joy when I'm going through something. You see, because it's not so much what we go through. It's what's going through us. And if the joy of the Lord is going through us, we're adding patience to that temperance, which is the self-control. So let's redefine patience. Patience is joyful, cheerful, hopeful endurance. I know it's going to work out. And that's really hard. Preacher, have you always felt that way? Why lie? I mean, I could say, I trust God all the time. If someone says that, look at their spouse. Okay? If someone makes says something that you don't believe, look at their spouse. And if their spouse has that one eyebrow up, you're like, mm-hmm, my marriage is perfect. Look at the spouse. The other one's like, oh, God, I can't believe they said that, right? So I'm not saying that I've always felt this way or I've always executed this right. But, you know, one of the greatest things, and let me just make a plug for being a worker for God because we, we really uh, 
As Reverend Patterson put out some time ago, we were really looking for some people that would uh, want to teach the kids. And we, we need uh, another piano player, another drummer. We need an bassist. You know, we, we want to have deep in our bench and have extras for all of the instruments and say we, we could actually have other instruments too. But one of the great things when you become a teacher, okay, when you become a teacher, you really get to learn something. When you teach it, you have to learn it. So you get a blessing from learning the Bible that you many times don't get if you don't have to teach it. Because when you have to teach it, you have to learn it. There's a lot of times preachers, they go through the message. If you're preaching on patience, guess what? (laughs) Right. But it's a blessing to be able to teach God's word because you know that it's real. And this patience thing is real. And you can have cheerful endurance. First thing is redefine it. Second thing is then reevaluate patience. What's to reevaluate? To evaluate is to put a value on something, right? Have you ever heard of American pickers? They go out into people's old sheds. It's a TV show. I don't know if it's still on. And they go out and they find junk that's very expensive. Okay, some old car, some old tractor, some old Elvis memorabilia. It's like, it's Elvis's belt buckle, right? You know, or something like that. Or it's, you know, something else. And someone else is throwing it out. But these guys go and say, these things are worth thousands of dollars. And so, you know what? With patience, I think we need to reevaluate it. Instead of running from it, instead of saying, well, I just want everything to work out all the time. You know, if everything worked out all the time, you wouldn't be any happier. Have you seen people that work at theme parks? Like the people that run the rides? Are they happy? They live there. I mean, oh, I just want to go there every day. They are, and they're not very happy. Hello, hope you put your seatbelt on. Get your seatbelt quick. I mean, they're not happy to be there. Because if you're there every day, it's not exciting anymore. Someone said if you eat enough Lobster, it starts to taste like soap. Now, I don't know if I've ever eaten that much lobster, but let's reevaluate the value of patience. Someone asked this, said, uh, how many bricks do you need to screw in a light bulb? Anyone know the answer? How many bricks do you need to screw in a light bulb? Well, just two, but you're gonna need a lot of patience and a lot of light bulbs. (laughs) (laughs) To evaluate the value of Patience. You know, sometimes people throw things out when there's value in it. Don't throw patience out. There's value in it. I remember I was clearing out a house that had, uh, the, both the people had died and someone paid me. They, relatives went and took everything that they wanted. They gleaned it, you know, and then they said, whatever you want, you can have or donate or whatever. So I went in there and man, we sold one thing. We sold some little end thing. I think it was an offer up. It was like 80 bucks or something like that. Sweet! It was trash, not to me. And there was this plastic diamond. It was a plastic diamond, but inside there was a silver eagle. Now that's a one ounce silver coin, which are probably worth like 40 bucks, but it was encased in plastic. What'd you do? I cut that dude out. I took a Dremel tool and cut that thing out. What? It was something that they thought, oh, this isn't valuable. You know, we don't want to throw away patience. It's valuable. You need it. The book of James says, 
James chapter 1 and verse 2. It's the very beginning of the book, okay? After he says, hey, everybody, it's James. Then he says, that's like the new 2021 version. Hey, everybody, it's James. Okay, then verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. What? Praise God, my car broke down. That's kind of what he said. Not praise God that my car broke down, but praise God even though my car broke down. The Bible says in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So what does he say? Uh, James chapter 1 and verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying, the testing of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. You know, sometimes that's all we need. It sounds like a Guns N' Roses song. All we need is just a little patience. That's a Guns N' Roses song, right? But I think the singer might need a little patience reading about his life. But God wants us to have goodness in our lives. And how many times do we need patience when we come up against that red light or when, you know, something isn't done to our exact specifications or unconsciously the food was a little warm or the, the, uh, the, the uh, spouse didn't act in a certain way. Patience. That we may be perfect, mature, complete, lacking nothing. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 2, we're talking about reevaluating patience. If it's valuable, we'll keep it, right? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Notice Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, it said he endured the cross, despising the shame. But right in the middle, why did he endure the cross? It said for the joy that was set before him. Huh. Jesus thought we were valuable. Who was the joy? Unredeemed people. We hadn't even been saved yet. Hadn't even been born yet. But Jesus thought that we were worth it. He endured the cross. It was a shame to be on the cross naked. But the Bible said eventually, after the patience of it, he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And you know that I'm thankful that Jesus thought you and I were valuable. Now, he didn't say he just dealt with it. There was a joy. You know, I, I, when I see my daughter or see my wife and, you know, for, you know, you haven't seen them for a little while and you're like excited to see them. We're going to a church conference and there's going to be a lot of hugging, COVID hugging. Okay. Not just bumping, but straight up hugging because brethren haven't seen each other for a long time and they're precious to one another like flesh and blood. And so there's going to be a lot of that going on. Why? Because the joy in our heart just leaps when we see them. And God thinks you are worth going through something. There's a reason we go through something. Jesus went through the cross so that we could be saved. Do you know that there's a reason we're going through something? What reason? I have no idea. <laughs> but I know that one thing, it might help grow my patience. You don't have to be patient anymore. You have a cell phone. Look at this long red light. I can watch a whole video. I mean, I mean come on. That's what I do. It's like, oh, red light. Boop, boop. <laughs> YouTube red light, right? 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. You know, if God's not good, or excuse me, God is good. If it's not good, God's not done. Because, and we know all things work together for good. That's the truth. You see, what are we adding patience to? Temperance. Well, what do we add that to? The knowledge of God. So God's word says everything's going to work out for good. It's all going to work out for good. So it's not good yet. Well, you know what? But I am one of them that love God and I'm called according to his purpose. I'm serving him. I'm growing. So it has to work out for good. That means everything in the universe is working together, not against you, but for you. That God knows everything that's going on. He's working it together for his children's good. I remember we were in the airport going somewhere. <laughs> so there was a lady walking up. I just remembered this. She was like a TSA lady. And I think we said good morning to her. It was morning. I mean, it was like morning, like five. It was like four or five. It was, and so we were getting ready to get in the line for the TSA line to get your bags checked and take your shoes off and everything else. And she just comes up to us and she goes, would you like to go up all the way to the front? Remember that? And we just got to get out of the line and we went like past all of those people, like mobile order, TSA. So we just, I don't know. I don't even know what prompted her to do that. Maybe we said hello, but I believe God blesses his people. And God does it so many times. So a preacher, what are, were you, did you have a bad attitude about the line? No, lines are part of the airport, but God can bless. Once your attitude's good, God's like, okay, you passed the class. And now I can just get around and just take you through that line. So, you know, the Bible says one of the things where we reevaluate patience, we need to remember God's with us. God's with us. When Isaiah was told to, uh, of this uh, prophecy, he was going to talk about this one that to be born, Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us. And I was listening to a preacher explain that, and it was more than just God with us. It was a name of Jesus Christ. It was a prophetic name, but it's God with us. Not just God with us, but God is on our side. Not just he's in the room, because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, if God be for us, Say, well, whose side are you on, God? Well, you have to realize when you're going through something, God is on your side. If God be for us, the Bible says, who can be against us? And if God wants me to go through something and be patient, guess what? Just like he was in the garden in Genesis in the cool of the day and Adam wasn't there. And he said, Adam, where art thou? Why? Because God was used to walking with Adam in the cool of the day. They probably held hands too. So you wouldn't hold hands with a man. I'd hold hands with my daughter. And Adam was the son of God. And you know what? Uh, I believe that God picked that back up when we invited Christ into our life. That God's like, I want to walk with you every day. He said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you, but I'll go with you. The psalmist knew that. You know what he said? He said, man, whatever goes on. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. That means he's going to go through a rough situation. Why? Thou. Art with me. It's God with us. He's like, man, as long as you're with me, God, as long as I can feel the presence of God, man, I'll just be anywhere. 
Anywhere that God is. And let me tell you, when serving God, that's where I want to be. I want to be where God wants me to be because that's where the presence of God is. That's where the blessing is. And whatever I got to do to get it, I want to be there. I remember uh, we were taking Sister Bigelow, seeing her, uh, my wife's brother, and we had to, I forgot my insurance card, so I had to get the insurance card, and I was riding by myself in the car, and we were going into Cannon Air Force Base or something, and so I got my card, and I'm talking to the guy from USAA and trying to get it, and, and I'm inviting him to church, too, because he was going to be in, uh, where we were going to the conference. The guy was in... He was in Glendale, Arizona, that, that Scottsdale, Glendale. He was in that area of Arizona. So I was like, hey, why don't you come to the conference? And just inviting him back. And he didn't say yes, but it was, it was fun. And uh, after I hung up and we were just talking about God and I was excited. It was just me in the car. And I was like, Miss Sus says, take the whole world and just give me Jesus. And the power of God just came down in the car. And I'm just like worshiping God. Why? Out in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico, in the middle of the night, but God was there. And yeah, I had patience. We had to go to Walmart and print the card out. There was no digital cards back then. So you know what? But God is with us. And that's one of the things, reevaluate patience. Because as long as God's with me, brethren, I'm good. And if God's not with me, there's nothing that can make up for God. So if God wants me to go through something, I like what one reverend said. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So if you're going through something, it must have been ordered. You ever get something from a guy that's like, I didn't order that. Take it back. You ever like that with God? God, I did not order this repair on my car. I did not order this doctor bill, God. I did not order my child acting up in school. No, but it must have been ordered. Maybe God ordered it for us and we get to enjoy the patience. The Bible says, but they that wait upon the Lord Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Say, so, preacher, what happens during patience? When, we, when, we're, when we're patient, we wait upon God because we can't fix it ourselves. And I've had nagging medical bills and I've had nagging medical problems. I was at a church conference. My wife's brother just hurt, her back, hurt his back and he fell 15 feet off a ladder. Concrete, right? And... Uh, I remember we were at a church conference, and it's kind of, you know, if, as a woman, I'm not a woman, but I, I basically had a UTI. And that's, uh, if you don't know what that is, what is a UTI? Is that like a Subaru UTI? Like a sporty Subaru? No. No, it's a urinary tract infection. So it hurt to go to the restroom, okay? I didn't know guys could get those. And I have guy parts, right? So, but... Everywhere we drove, it felt like you had to use the restroom all the time, every day. And it was like on fire. And uh, what was God doing? I don't know. I remember that conference, but I went to conference anyway, and I was driving back and forth, and it hurt all over the place. But God must have been doing something in my life. And you know what? I must have needed it. And you know what? If God wants me to have it, I want to go through it, because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. With what power? The power of God. And sometimes the power of God will just keep us trucking. You know, sometimes that's what we got to do. Just keep on trucking, go forward, have patience. Did it get any better? No, it didn't get any better all the way through conference. And then it just went away. 
You know, sometimes we just got to go through things and then let God be God through those things and just go and enjoy what we're doing anyway. It's a choice. The last thing, man, I ran, ran out of time. I got like two minutes. Um, is respond. You know, an ex-FBI agent, this is a true story. He was, uh, when you recruit people to spy in their own nation and he was dealing with Russians, you know, they look for someone who's unhappy. And then they see what they can, if they can fill that need in your life. And the, the spy, Jack Schaefer said, he's an ex-FBI agent. He said, it's hard to recruit a happy person. Because if you're just happy, you're not going to sell your country out. If you're just happy, you're not going to sell your marriage out. Oh, but that never happens. Only in 50% of the cases. Okay. But if you are happy, you're just, man, I'm good. But I'm going through it. But I got car problems. But you know what? God's going through it with me. And so we have a choice on how we respond to the situation. And guess what? You're always going to have car problems. I'm going to get a new car. Remember when we were at public, Sister Bigelow, and I was offering to give these people a ride home with my old 200,000 mile car or whatever, and they had like a brand new car with the armor all from the dealer. It would not start. And I'm like, can I give you a jump? They're like, oh no. And it was raining and cold. The dealer's going to come up here. But they were still in the rain with the car that wasn't starting, waiting on the dealer. You know what? New cars have problems. Old cars have problems. We got to have Jesus. We can respond. We have a choice on how we respond. We can respond with joy. What did Job do when everything fell apart? He got all these messengers. All your stuff's gone. All your kids are dead. You know what he did? Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground. And what did he do? He worshiped. He just chose. He could have said, God... His wife said, now the wife was left. All the kids died, but the wife was there to say, why don't you curse God and die? No, he didn't do that. He began to worship God. He said, I came in naked. I'm going to leave naked. But if you read to the end of Job, notice the patience of Job that it talks about in the book of James. It says in Job chapter 42 and verse 12. So the Lord blessed. Hmm. If it's not good, God's not done. Don't forget to read the end of Job. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-asses. God blessed Job with double. So if it's not good, God's not done. If you take it to the end, say, I'm going to go through this with patience, a merry heart, do with good like a medicine, and I'm going to ask God to take me through it because God's got something good at the end. God's got something good for you at the end of whatever you're going through. Just stay with patience. Let's redefine patience, reevaluate, and then respond a different way. It's our choice. We can do it. Let's find a, let's, uh, let's find a place to pray. Let's have, let's dismiss in prayer. Sister Velez, could you dismiss us in prayer?